Well, welcome to the Sci-Fi Diner podcast. This is live from the Sci-Fi Diner studios, although I'm the only one here tonight because Miles totally ditched me because he likes his house better. No, I just uh, get tired of driving. Well, My job is uh, sending, you know, sending me far away. Right, right. I don't begrudge Miles that at all, by the way, just listeners out there. Um, but uh, we are here. This is episode 299, and we are sans M tonight because, hey, when you have a job and the job says, hey, conference call at 7 uh, p.m., well, then that means that you can't be on a podcast. And that's just the yeah. way it is. Uh, but she will be on for episode 300, and we're excited about that. Yes. Yeah, so um, anyways, let's talk about episode 300. 300 episodes, Miles. What do you think? I think that's a phenomenal achievement. Well, it is. And you know what it is? It's not that, and we talked about this in the last show, it's probably more like 450 episodes, maybe even closer to 500, just because of the way we numbered things. But since we've been numbering every single episode, it's been about 300 plus, but this is our 300 show. So we're going to celebrate it like it's our 300 show. And the way that we're celebrating it, Miles, how are we doing that? We're going to review the 300. Yeah, we're going to watch the 300 on our 300th episode. And um, so we're expecting 300 comments from you guys. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> but we would love to hear some feedback about the 300, your thoughts on this movie, the 300. And anything else that you want to talk about, maybe favorite moments over the past almost 10 years we've been doing the Sci-Fi Diner podcast, we would love to hear from you. And you can send those into the Sci-Fi Diner podcast at gmail.com, post it on Twitter, share it on Facebook, and the whole nine yards. So I'm excited, Miles. I am excited. Well, 300, was, 300 was a great movie. Uh, it, it, it kind of broke ground, and so it would be fun to review it. I saw that in theaters and loved it. So I'll be lo- it'll be interesting to go back and watch it. I haven't watched it in years. I just remember it being a, a cinematic masterpiece as far as the look goes, the visual look of it. Right. That's what I mean. I thought I was just seeing a historical epic. But um, Miles, I know definitely, the, uh, you, you, were, you were pretending to get into that little phone booth from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure and you were trying to go back in time and said, oh, we're at three years, Sparta! Yeah, but the only problem was I couldn't find a phone booth. You can't the, find a phone booth anywhere anymore. Uh, they're, they're around, but you have to look hard to find it. But but oh, okay. anyway, yeah, so anyway, 300. So we'd love to hear your thoughts on it. We're excited about it. It's going to be a great show and um, we just can't wait to share that with you. So, Miles, yeah. before we get into our show, let's start off like we typically do. What is going on in your sci-fi world? Well, um, I was on the Gatecast podcast uh, about two weeks ago. Where and you? Um, Yes, uh, we were reviewing the Stargate Universe episodes, uh, um, Common, Common Descent and Epilogue. Um, uh, the Common Descent uh, dropped... Um, this past weekend. So if you, uh, yeah, you, you feel nostalgic for Stargate universe, um, we had fun reviewing that. I also, uh, saw Logan. Um, you did. What did actually, you think of Logan? I liked it, but it was sad. I, I, I'm because there was sort of a, a finality 
to it. I don't want to give spoilers away, but uh, I think anybody, um, anybody, anybody who just watched the trailer could kind of kind of pick that up. Yeah. But uh, it, it was rated R. I mean, here you have Wolverine with these metal claws. There's a good reason why this movie was rated R. Oh, what? Now, that being said, so let's stack it up against the other uh, Wolverine movies. How does this one rate? This might have been the best best um, uh, Wolverine movie. Maybe, maybe, maybe number. Maybe it shares a place with the first one because I did like the first one. The first one was was the origin story. I thought that was really good too. So. It's a toss between that one, and the first one, I think. Well, I was going to say, like my understanding, that Logan is like maybe ahead, but uh, maybe an equal par with the first one, with the middle one, the the sophomore a release of the trilogy being the weakest of them. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. So, uh, so yeah, well, very good. We'll uh, we will uh, we'll just. Uh, you know, take it as it goes. So you saw you saw Logan. Anything else that you saw or watched? Uh, I'm still watching the, the shows. You know, the the CW superhero shows. I'm still watching. Um, I'm reading a new Star Trek novel by Christopher Bennett. Um, yeah, that's what, that's what I got going in my sci-fi world right now. Um, my sci-fi world, I saw Beauty and the Beast, which isn't really sci-fi, I guess, fantasy, fairy tale. Mm -hmm. I don't know. So we watched that. That was good. Um, and I haven't watched a lot of other science fiction since we last talked. I'm not watching a lot of sci-fi TV in per se. I am reading what I'm reading most currently right now is um, I'm reading Empire's End. Let me see if I can pull that up real quick. Um, so the Empire's End aftermath, it's Star Wars, uh, Star Wars, written by Chuck Wendig. It's a trilogy. I was telling you about this earlier, Miles, but it's a trilogy that spans Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens, right? So, mm -hmm. and I mentioned this before, but I, I started the book, like, you know, a year ago, the first of the trillion and gave up on it because I just hated it. It wasn't the mood, whatever. And then one of our janitors at school said, hey, you got to read this. So I read it, got into the second one. They just released the third one, and I'm loving it. Um, one complaint, though, and don't hate Chuck for this because I'm sure he had uh, some advice from Disney telling him to do this. Jar Jar is still alive. Oh, okay. And you run, you run into him. So I won't – I'll spoil just a little bit of it because it doesn't play into the central storyline – so the way the book's written, I think it's like five parts. And between each part, there are these things called interludes. Um, so in the last book, uh, something happens on Kashyyyk. Chewbacca's on Kashyyyk. There's an interlude in this book where he runs into his son. So you find out Chewbacca has a, has a son. Um, and then you also, then there's this orphanage on Naboo, and this kid's uh, running into this, this creature called the juggler or the clown, they call him. And it ends up being Jar Jar. Um, who's entertaining kids, uh, which I thought, despite your feelings of Jar Jar, uh, if you think about the way he resonates to even kids today, when they watch the Phantom Menace, it fits, you know? So that's all I'm going to say about it. Don't, please do not, 
choose not to read the book because Jar Jar's in it. It's a very small part. So yeah, I, sometime I would like to read the you know the those novels between uh, Return of the Jedi and uh, Force Awakens. Yeah, and I'm queued up. Uh, I have a bunch, I have a couple others queued up as well. I have um, I have Rogue One, the Star Wars the novelization to read, and I'm also slated to be reading Thrawn, the Hand of Thrawn, or just Thrawn. It's just the Timothy Zahn came out with a new book, so. And, cool. Uh, we did. We we interviewed him a year or so ago, and uh, it'll be interesting to read his stuff again. So, mm. so a lot of stuff there on my docket, and that's really it. I'm playing a lot of Pokemon, um, the card game, and yeah, that's pretty much it. Well, let's move mm. into our menu tonight. We want to talk a little bit about Shorely because we have some convention news, some guest news. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about Discovery. Man, it seems like every time we do a podcast, Miles, we talk about Star Trek Discovery. Well, they're dropping more more news on us, uh, it you, seems. You aren't excited at all, are you? Um, <laughs> no. No, I'm totally apathetic. Yeah, are you, you kidding? You, you, um, you, uh, you, you, now, Star Wars, whole nother ball game. but we're going to talk about some Star Wars footage that dropped at CinemaCon or CineCon or whatever it's called that uh, from Disney. Um, we're also going to share the new Spider-Man trailer, and then we are going to share our interview that we did at Farpoint with Michael Jan Friedman, talking about some upcoming novels to be on the lookout for in a way that maybe you can help him with those novelizations as well. Cool. So, yeah, all good, all good. Well, why don't we, uh, why don't we start with... Shore Leave Convention guest news, because we do have some pretty exciting guests that are coming to Shore Leave, and we shared some of these already, but what are some of the new guests that have just popped up on the radar? Well, within the last week or so, they announced that uh, Michael Hogan, uh, probably best known from sci-fi fans for playing uh, Colonel Ty in uh, uh, the reimagined Battlestar Galactica, he's going to be a guest uh, you and I had a chance to meet him and interview him at uh, uh, Farpoint a few years ago. One of the and, best openings that we ever did for a show, when he read that right. opening about you. Oh, I, I asked him to tear me a new one, and 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 he was he he was game. He was up for that. <laughs> he had a lot of fun with that. So who else? Who else joined uh, the cast here? Um, a lady by the name of Luciana Caro. Uh, she was she was also in the new Battlestar Galactica. She played. Uh, the Viper pilot cat, but she was also in, um, um, she, she was in, um, falling skies. And she's also, she also had a small part in, um, Caprica. Yeah. That so short lived show. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah. So these are on and these join a bunch of other people, Jordell, uh, Furland from dark matter and Stargate Atlantis. Um, mm -hmm. also supernatural and also from twilight, the movie twilight. And then, of course, uh, we have Mike, uh, was it Dupud? I'm pronouncing it wrong. I'm, we'll have to figure out how to pronounce his yeah, name. Boy, if you I, if he listen, if you, if you're listening, Mike, just understand, I do not hate your last name. I just maybe mispronounced it. But he's also from SG-1 and Dark Matter and Battlestar Galactica as well. And another one he's from He's on a lot of Canadian science fiction. Yeah, and then there is uh, Dark Matter, so Mark uh, uh, Ben David. And then uh, yep. Big Bang Theory, Kevin Sussman, and then two from Star Trek. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, and who are they, Miles? 
uh, Marina Sirtis, uh and uh, Michael Dorn. So that's a very good guest list. I'm, I'm excited. Very, very happy about that. And of mm-hmm. course, then there's always our authors that are showing up here. So very right. cool. And, uh, and they'll have some um, real science there too. I mean, what I was told, um, I was talking to the folks who were you know, at the shore leave table. They're going to, it's supposed to be an eclipse that that weekend, and so that's you know, so we get to enjoy some real science too. If we uh, so hopefully it's not cloudy, not cloudy. Yeah, hey, hopefully, hopefully we'll get some good weather that weekend. Dayton Ward's going to be there. I'm not going now. <laughs> yeah, that's it. So he's there. I'm not. No. Um, all right. Uh, well, very good. So that short leave convention, short leave 39, is July 7th through the 9th, and it will be in. Um, Hunt Valley, right? Hunt Valley, Maryland. Yep. And uh, mm-hmm. we would love to see you there. If you're going to be there, please let us know. Sci-Fi Donner Podcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear that you're there or drop it onto our Facebook page and say, hey, Sci-Fi Donner, we are going to be there. We'd like to hook up with you. And that would be very cool. Let's move into some TV news. My understanding is that Star Trek Discovery found its captain. Are the rumor, Are the rumors true, Miles? Well, no, they, they 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 have a captain for their ship, and uh, looks like their their cast list has uh, pretty much shaped up. But I th- he, he was one of the last ones they announced, uh, so he will be the a- the a- actual captain uh, of the ship, uh, Jason Isaacs. Uh, fans will recognize him from um, Harry Potter um, um, and uh, other fans will recognize him from the Patriot. Uh, he's done a lot of stuff. Right, he was Lucius Malfoy, by the way, in uh, Harry Potter, and very good in Event Horizon, as well. I, I recognize him. He was a, he mm-hmm. was great though. He was great. So, are you excited about him taking on the role as captain? I think he's a good choice. Yeah, I think I, I think I think uh, I, I, I liked him. Whatever I've seen him in, so. I'm looking, for, I'm looking forward to Star Trek just coming back to the TV. Yeah, I think that's ultimately, I mean, we, we, there's been such a vacancy for it, and uh, so the fact that it's arriving back is actually pretty cool. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so uh, anything else to say about Discovery? We don't have a date yet on this, right? We're still waiting on that? Yeah, there, yeah there, there's no premiere date yet. Uh, I, I, I think it, possibly, possibly the fall, I think, is... Uh, when it's projected, but uh, we haven't been given anything official yet. All right, all right. Well, very good. Well, let's move on into some other news, and this is the other franchise, the Star Wars franchise. We learned this week, or I guess two weeks ago, that there was some first footage from The Last Jedi were shown and details were leaked. And I did watch this online and apparently was taken down because I can't find it anymore. Um, it's not available yet. This trailer that they debuted at the CinemaCon uh, is apparently going to be dropping mid-April. So we're excited about mid-April coming because we are excited about that. But while no one was allowed any footage at all, obviously, we do get some description of what we found out and learned from this trailer. And I want to share that with you. So if you want to just watch the trailer verbatim and not hear us talk about the footage... Then la 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 la, skip ahead five minutes, right? 
But um, mm -hmm. let's go ahead and talk just real briefly about this. So this is what happens in this little scene, this little movie teaser they caught, about 30-second teaser. So first of all, the film starts with an interior shot from Star Wars The Last Jedi featuring Luke Skywalker in some sort of cave or maybe one of the stone huts seen on the island, maybe, saying, who are you? And that's supposedly geared toward Rey. So she, he doesn't recognize Rey. Um, and then Poe Danmerin's in his X-Wing yelling, it's now or never, and cuts back to BB-8. Fighters are flying through a lineup of the Resistance fleet, similar to the Rogue One over Scarif. Chewbacca roars, a shot of Captain Phasma. Finn is dressed as a First Order officer on the bridge of the First Order ship. Actress Kelly Marie Tran was standing at Finn's left, also dressed in a First Order uniform. Several shots of Ray igniting and spinning Luke's lightsaber. Ray's hand in slow motion with all five fingertips touching the ground, pebbles and dirt hovering around her hand. Leia turning to the camera with a hologram of the fleet behind her. An X-Wing flying into a hangar, possibly the Resistance, since it looked like another X-Wing was parked there. Um, and there was also a wide shot of the island with Rey out at the point of the ridge, practicing with her lightsaber as Luke is farther up in the ridge, looking down towards her. So all very exciting stuff. What do you think, Miles? I'm excited for uh, Episode 8. Uh, I remember when we talked about it last, you know, a year or two ago, just the questions, the mysteries uh, that it uh, presented to us. Um, so I'll be curious if uh, we'll get, get some answers to our questions. Yeah. So they're just saying, this, this site that I'm pulling this from said, uh, and this is actually from Obsev, O-B-S-E-V, obsessed with everything. So they're obsessed with, obviously, Star Wars here. They're just saying that, uh, we're going to get a. We're going to be able to see this footage, our site variant, in April when this year's Star Wars celebration rolls around. So, in the meantime, use your imagination. And oh, we are. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I'm excited about that. This is going to be very, very cool. But. But. All right. Well, let's talk about the uh, second Spider-Man trailer to drop. Now, this one dropped. Yeah. Um. Well, March 28th, 2017, so just a few days ago. I'm going to play this, uh, and then we're going to talk about it. Are you cool with that, Miles? Yeah, let's, let's watch it. Whoa. What's up, guys? So to become an Avenger, are there like trials or an interview? Do me a favor. Can't you just be a friendly neighborhood Spider-Man? Just stay close to the ground. You're the Spider-Man from YouTube. Can you summon an army of spiders? No, Ned, no. Do you know him too? I stole a shield. Can I try the suit on? Badass. The rich and the powerful, like Stark, they don't care about us. The world's changing, boys. Time we change, too. These weapons are crazy dangerous. Listen, Peter, forget the flying monster guy. There are people who handle this sort of thing. 
Your League of Weapons barrier was at 230. You missed it. Somebody had died. I was just trying to be like you. I wanted you to be better. I'm gonna need the suit back. But I'm nothing without this suit. If you're nothing without this suit, then you shouldn't have it. I screwed up. You need to stop carrying the weight of the world on your shoulders. I want you to understand. I'll do anything to protect my family. I know you know what I'm talking about. So don't mess with me. I will kill you and everybody you love. My friends are up there! The guy is still out there. I just gotta do this on my own. Just don't do anything stupid. I got this. All right? Yeah. All right. So first of all, since when does Iron Man ever get to tell anyone not to do anything stupid? Precisely. (laughs) Which is what makes this funny. But, you know, he says that one line, like, he goes, uh, he says, give me back the suit. But I'm nothing without the suit. Well, then you shouldn't have the suit. And I think that there's some, there's a truth to that that probably Tony Stark has learned. Yeah, I like that line too. It just, you know, if if your identity is in your alter ego, uh, you're lost. Yeah, absolutely. So I think that that is that is important. That is really important. Mm-hmm. That, and I thought that the what do we have? Michael Keaton in here as a bad guy. Yeah, I think that's going to be awesome. Yeah, I mean, Batman turned bad. I'm yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm not sure which villain he's playing though. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, so listeners, uh, help, help us out. If you, re- if you recognize, uh, the villain he's playing. Yeah. Or else we could, IMDb I think it's, it. a, I think it's the vulture. Oh, that's it. That makes sense. It's yeah. It's a the, vulture. It, okay. But, um, I remember the vulture now. Yeah. So it's, it, it's supposed to be the vulture there, but, uh, <laughs> uh, but, but Tony Stark, it's cool to see him in there and to, you know, see him. He makes appearance. He's been making appearances, I think, in the other Spider-Man, too. He made an appearance. So, I like that uh, Tony Stark is going to be like Peter Parker's mentor. Right. So, uh, I mean, and and uh, he he and the, the young actor playing Spider-Man, I think they had, they had pretty good chemistry in uh, uh, Captain America Civil War. And so it looks like it'll, 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 it'll still be still be there in, in, in this new movie. Yeah, so excited, excited about this. It looks good, and we would love to hear what you're thinking about this trailer, but uh, listeners, but this is a uh, this is a great trailer. It's entertaining and makes me want to go see it. Yeah, it makes me excited for Spider-Man. Um, now, this is, now, am, I, am I wrong? Is this the second of these Spider-Man movies, or is this the first one with this guy? This is the first standalone Spider-Man movie in this, I guess, with... Uh, with this guy. With, with Mar... Well... You figured the other. I'm not. I'm, I think, you know, Disney, you know, didn't have the property. They they acquired it. 
I guess a couple years ago from um, Sony, because um, the movie rights are all—it's all confusing who owns what in the Marvel universe when it comes to movie rights. Right. Um, but they, but, but Disney acquired the movie rights for Spider-Man, and so yeah, this is the first standalone Spider-Man movie that uh, it, it that from from from, from Disney slash Marvel. Right. Well. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. But any other thoughts about the trailer uh, before we move on from it? Um, I, I, I like what we see. I mean, I, like I said, I like that the, the Tony Stark is kind of like uh, uh, a um, – not exactly the most willing mentor, but, um, but I, I like that, you know, the, you know – Peter Parker has a you know has a friend who's going to know about you know his secret identity and stuff. Um, yeah, it, it just has a very good vibe. I, I mean, um, the, the the last the last two were okay. I'm try, I don't remember the actor who played it, but uh, you know the, the the folks that put out the Disney Marvel movies these last ten years or so have just uh, just seemed to have. Uh, Hit the mark. Yeah, they, every know time they, uh, they know how to do it. In yeah. Campaign, so. mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, very good. So, well, let's move on then. I think that's it for news. We don't have any other news tonight, but we do want to share a little bit about our experience down at Farpoint. We had a chance to sit down with Michael Jan Friedman. Right. Now, uh, so I, th- I don't think you were in this interview where you were doing, you were on a panel or something, I think. I think I was on a panel this time, yeah. Yeah, so I had a chance. So basically, uh, long story short, Michael Jan Friedman is a known predominantly for Star Trek stuff, but he's done a ton of other original stuff, both in comic books and otherwise, and is currently on a comic book endeavor that he's going to be sharing about here. Um, when did you first encounter Michael Jan Friedman? Do you remember, Miles? Yeah, he was reading Star Trek novels. Uh, pro- that goes back... Uh, to the early '90s, I think. Um, I mean, I, I any Star Trek novel he he wrote, I, I I'm sure I read. Um, but like you said, he's he's written original stuff. He's written tie-in novels. He wrote he wrote a novel for Aliens. Um, so the man has done a lot um, in his in his writing career. That he has, and you know, three decades later, he's still writing. It's pretty insane. We had a chance to sit down and chat with him about some of his works here at Farpoint. We interviewed him oh, a couple of years ago about some other things that he had written, and we did that at Shore Leave. And so he makes an appearance to a lot of the conventions that we go to, and he's one of the right. nicest guys you'll meet. Very down exactly. to earth. Exactly. I mean, very mm-hmm. down to earth and just loves meeting the fans and loves sharing about what he does. Mm hmm. Yeah, good, good, good all-around guy. Yeah, he's uh, he's certainly uh, he does some teaching, and he, I mean, I would love to sit in one of his classes and see just how he teaches and, and delivers it. So it's very cool. But we're going to share this interview. So um, My- Michael J. Ad Freeman, along with some other authors that we also interviewed, Aaron Rosenberg, Glenn Howman, uh, are a part of something called Crazy Press, and I think that Peter David's also a part of that, if I'm correct. Yep, yep, he's and, part of Crazy Press, also. Him yeah, and, so uh, these guys do this independent press and they publish your own work and some of Michael Jan Freeman's, maybe all of it now is kind of published through this and is a, a way to kind of support the local authors, which are not local authors, but authors independent from these huge publishing companies that kind of, you know, take a significant chunk of change. And this is, 
this is a way to kind of uh, bring publishing to the masses without all the overhead and gives really some more money to the authors. I'm not sure the publishes right. exclusive with that, but um, your thoughts on that, yeah, Miles? He, well, he, it's yeah. He he's been doing it for several years now with uh, you know Peter David, uh, Bob Greenberger. Um, I forgot about Bob. Sorry, Bob. And um, a couple other authors, and so they've they've shown that they've learned to change with the times as far as um, you know put you know writing and publishing and and just getting it out there. So, um, but but Michael Jan Freedom, he's 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 a regular at a lot of these East Coast uh, cons. Uh, I saw him at uh, Star Trek: A uh, Mission to New York uh, back in September. Also. Awesome, awesome. In fact, yeah, we mentioned Bob Greenberger. He was sitting like right beside Michael Jan, so you might actually hear him chiming every once in a while, giving his two cents in the peanut gallery. We're going to share this interview, and uh, he's going to share details about what he's doing and when. And um, and uh, and uh, I think what Miles, uh, we'll come back and then we'll just wrap up the show. Sounds good. Sci-Fi Diner here. With me is Michael Jan Freeman, known for his work with Star Trek, but many other universes as well. Uh, and been writing for a long time. How long have you been writing? Oh, uh, professionally, um, the first book uh, I ever wrote came out in '85. Oh, so there, there. That gives you the uh, framework. So, wow, like what, thirty years. Thirty. Two years. Yeah, so I like can't that. do math. So I'm, I'm, I'm an English teacher by trade. I don't do math. No. Uh, so, what has been? We, we interviewed you maybe a year or two ago. Mm-hmm. What has been happening in the world of Michael Jan Friedman recently? Well, you know, um, uh, I'm working on new projects. Um, one of the uh, one of the new projects is um, an anthology of my short fiction. Okay. Um, these are stories that have never appeared anywhere else before. Um, you know, when uh, when I was doing mostly traditional publishing, uh, short stories aren't called for very often. Anthologies don't sell as well as novels in traditional uh, venues. But uh, on the internet, they actually they actually sell better in many cases. So why, why is that? Do you have what's your I, I, short our, our damn short attention span, or what is it? You know, it might have something to do with that, but I think I think people on the internet are more open to different uh, lengths and formats. You know, there's no, um, you know, uh, when you publish something, uh, when you publish an ebook, for instance, there's no need for it necessarily to be a novel length. Um, and so I think you know, people have people have. Uh, People have developed more of an interest in short fiction, and uh, you know, in my case, I'd probably published maybe half a dozen short stories uh, until recently, and then I said, you know what, I I want to write some short stories. I have some ideas that have been I've been tinkering with for years and years, and and um, they don't they don't have the legs to be novels. 
mm. it really wouldn't wouldn't be fair to anybody to try to write a novel about it. But as a short as a short piece, it's it's kind of intriguing, and so that's uh, that's what I did. I took all these um, all these ideas I'd been working on and uh, and uh, developed them. They're not they're not uh, all finished yet, but. Um, but I'm having a lot of fun with them. It's it's a it's like uh, using a muscle you've never used before. Um, what can you give us a taste of what some of these stories are about without obviously giving away the ending or anything? But sure, where where are they set? You know that sort of thing. The, the working title for the anthology is Cabal and Other Stories, and um, uh, a cabal, of course, is a is a, is a group of uh, witches or a conspiracy. And um, the cabal in this case is a, a bunch of guys who are trying to kill a superhero. And the guys and girls, and they're good guys. The good guys are the ones who are trying to kill the superhero. Superhero has done something heinous that nobody else knows about. So um, they're trying to kill this, this superhero for very good reasons. And, uh, and uh, there are a lot of twists and turns along the way. Just when you think you're on solid ground, you're not. So, uh, so that's something I've been toying with for a while. Um, there's another, another uh, idea called the uh, City of a Thousand Gods. This is something that I, I first thought about and tried to develop back around uh, maybe 1988, uh, when uh, Thieves' World was, uh, was going strong and, and uh, the idea of a shared world anthology was, was very viable. Uh, I started to, to develop this. Um, it didn't. It didn't quite go, but I've had it in the back of my mind. And so, uh, when I decided to do the anthology, I said, "Let me do a, let me do a city of a thousand gods story." So this is about a um, uh, a barbarian, a Conan-like character, who wants to uh, to slay uh, a, a swamp monster god. And. Uh, Normally, that would be the you know the essence of a of a Conan type story, and it would be all about how horrendous the god is. But in this case, it's it's a city, and these gods are part of the political structure of the city. So it's about the lengths he has to go to to get the chance to fight this god. Um, he's got to actually hire a lawyer to get through the legal challenges just to get to the point where they can fight. So, so that's another story. That, that, that one doesn't have a name yet, but uh, that's kind of a humorous story. I have a story about an epistolary story. So that's a series of letters. And um, the letters are between two moms from different alien species. Each one has oh, a... Like pen, pal pen pals or something? Not, not really. pen pals. They're actually at odds with each other. Oh, okay. Um, one of them, both of them have children in the equivalent of the Legion of Superheroes. And one of them, uh, her child has been uh, damaged, damaged badly by an encounter with an enemy. And uh, she's blaming the child of the other mother for it. Okay. And so they're going, you know, moms can right. be vicious. So they're going back and forth. And, uh, and that's kind of a funny story as well. Um, so there's a whole range of... Uh, it sounds like there's a lot of variety in it, too. Right. Yeah. Um, science fiction, fantasy, superhero stories. But even, it, the, even, the way the, even the way the writings are presented is 
there's a lot of variety in it. That's true. That's true. Um, you have a, a serious novella, uh, a short uh, humorous piece, an epistolary piece. Yeah. 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 It's 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 great because I can do all these different things, get in, get out, and not have to worry about you know adding a subplot to stretch it out to right. novel length. Right. So uh, so that's been a lot of fun, and uh, and that'll come out under the Crazy Eight banner. Um, and they'll be able to they'll be able to pick that up at crazy8.com. Right. Uh, eventually, right now, uh, it'll be starting in I guess March. It'll be the subject of a Kickstarter. Okay. So keep an eye out on Kickstarter. Right. Or actually, when this airs, you'll be hopefully in the middle of the Kickstarter. Right. And uh, and then um, uh, round about September, it'll be open to uh, to purchase on uh, Amazon and BarnesandNoble.com. Very good. Yeah. That's exciting, exciting stuff coming down. And my understanding is another project also that you're really passionate around. Is this is your foray into this genre new, or have you done this sort of thing before? Well, this is a comic book okay. called called um, Empty Space, and I've I've certainly done space opera before because you know I've done a lot of Star Trek in in books, in on TV, and and in comics, and. Uh, and I haven't haven't done a lot in comics lately, and I'm really I'm really itching to get back into that. And uh, uh, so this is called Empty Space. It's kind of kind of Star Trek with a lost kind of flair to it. So it's weird Star Trek. Um, and it takes place in what, you know, initially in what will seem like a very familiar setting. You know, you're on a starship. Um, somebody wakes up and uh, he's in a kind of regeneration chamber and and it seems kind of familiar yeah I've seen this kind of thing before and then pretty quickly it goes to a place that you haven't seen so so it's a lot of fun and um, you know Douglas Adams once said uh, a writer's only job is to surprise himself so I'm doing that with empty space uh, it's uh, it's going in places I don't expect from issue to issue. Um, my artist there is, is a guy named Kayo Kakao, who's uh, been doing my book covers for a while now, and he's a, a wonderful artist, um, realistic artist, and uh, uh, just just eating up the scripts and and rendering great great stuff. So so even if the um, uh, you know, even if the story doesn't grab you, the art really will. It's really going to be a beautiful, beautiful book. Well, hopefully it's a beautiful blending of the two. That's what will make it come alive, right? That's so what I you, hope. So can you tell us, again, without giving it away, can you tell us a little bit of the premise of the story of, these, of this comic? Of Empty Space? Yeah. Well, you know, um, one of the things that, that always uh, intrigued me is that you can go out into space and uh, have fairly unlimited resources. You know, you're out there, uh, you know, if a crewman dies or you have to replace something, you just do. In Voyager, they started to get to a point where things were limited. And I thought that was much more realistic. You're not going to, even if you have the option, you're not going all the way back home to get, to get, people and things um, 
and people who are exploring won't necessarily have access to a, uh, a, a station that's close enough to, uh, to really uh, make good use of. So, so what are they going to do? Well, if you start out with a crew of 50 and some people die, maybe, maybe you ought to recycle them. So this is, this is um, to some extent based on that premise. You know? Interesting. Uh, and, then it, and then it gets weirder. Okay. Dun, dun, dun. But it is, uh, you know, it, at least in, in terms of the way it starts out, it'll look very much like uh, like a Star Trek adventure in comic book form, which is something I've done, you know, quite right. a bit on my own. And uh, and it's great. It's great. It's, I'm having fun with the with the uh, comic book form. It'll start out. Um, uh, I'm hoping. I'm hoping it'll start out in May on Comicsology. And then every four issues, we'll collect that as a graphic novel. We'll kickstart it, and we'll also make it uh, soon after available as a uh, graphic novel in uh, comic book stores. And this will be available, and they'll be available on all platforms at that point. Yeah. All right. But initially, it will be available where? Where's the first place you'll be able uh, to buy it? Comixology. Comixology. And that's, that's uh, comixology.com? Yeah, I guess it is comicsology.com. I was talking about that. Oh, we're getting a thumbs up from Greenberger here. So, <laughs> it's the <Yes>. uh, <laughs> it's the premier platform for uh, e-comics. Okay. And then uh, you know I love doing Kickstarters, so I'm gonna. So yeah, I'll you've got a couple. They've been fairly successful for you. They've been very successful. You know, with a Kickstarter, you have a goal to make. Right. And sometimes... And you're like trusting people to kind of believe in you to do this, right? You are, right. <laughs> I mean, the, the key, I, key, I think, is to, to give people a, a comfort level that they will, in fact, get something that they've, uh, that they've um, uh, qualified for and, and that what they get will be of value. Will right. Be, you know, uh, uh, professional and, and, uh, and interesting and, and, and that they'll be able to be included in the project at a level that people normally aren't included. So, uh, so you want to you want to be consistent about that. So you know these kickstarters. Sometimes it's pretty easy. You know, you set a goal and and you get there, and it's pretty smooth sailing. And and uh, you might reach your goal days ahead of time. And then other times, you know, it comes down to minutes. I've actually had when I did. Uh, a Kickstarter for Pangea 2, the second Pangea anthology. We we hit our goal within, I would say, with about 20 minutes to go. Wow. After, after Are you like, like clicking and just refreshing? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's sort of like an eBay auction. Right, right. You know? yeah. Oh, come on, come on, come on. Someone, someone. So it's uh, you know it was pretty and it was exciting. That was a good thing. Right, it was right. exciting for everybody, but it's also nerve wracking because if you don't make your goal, you don't get anything. Right, right. And, it's uh, all or nothing. Yeah, yeah. So that's fun. You know, Kickstarter's are fun. I like actually like setting them up. Um, the the you know the part that's that's less fun is the middle. There's a flurry of activity in the beginning and a flurry flurry at the end. You hope. And then in the middle, it's, it's just like, a waiting game. It's a waiting game. Yeah. <laughs> You're just sitting there, you know, watching paint dry. <laughs> How long do you... So this one that's running in uh, 
March is going to be what a month and a half. Is that kind of where we're at? Uh, uh, probably I'll probably make it thirty days. Thirty days about month. I think thirty, maybe thirty-five. You know, I find that I find that you you really don't do better Lengthy, with, yeah. a, with a lengthier one. They say you might even do worse, but they say thirty days is the optimum. But uh, but I think you just don't do better. So why why prolong the agony? What what an interesting way. I mean. Ten years ago, you would have never published a book this way. Right. And just think about where it's come, and not only that, but you're playing into your audience is now supporting you directly, saying, "We want more from Michael Dan Freeman, so let's throw some money at to help him bring us more." Exactly. Well, you know the the thing is the between the reader and the writer is where the magic happens. You know. That's the relationship you have to preserve, and that's the relationship I was worried about um, seven or eight years ago when Borders went out of business, and you know we were looking at changes in the traditional publishing, which actually many of which did take place. Publishers had to reinvent themselves, and and I was worried about that relationship between the the reader and the writer. And so this this is a way of preserving it. Yeah, no matter absolutely. what else happens. No matter what else happens with publishers, with uh, traditional bookstores, at least that is preserved. Um, and, and you know, it's interesting because the the relationship between the reader and the writer. We know that we know that readers are not passive. Right. If you're passive, you're watching TV, you're going to the movies, perhaps you're on the internet, maybe. But 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 you're. Readers are not passive participants, but I actually would go further than that. I would actually say I think that that readers who are passionate about about that activity are actually talented in that direction. I think while there's a, there's a talent to to presenting information that 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 can that people can look at and and live in. I think there's also a talent, I think the reader of that also has a talent. The ability to put himself or herself in that milieu, I think is a talent. And so I, I want to preserve the talents on both ends. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for sharing. To keep up with you, how, how do people do that beyond just like hitting Crazy 8 Press? Do you have a site of your own? Sure, it's michaeljanfriedman.net. They can they can catch me there. They can uh, follow a lot of what I'm doing on uh, on our crazy8.com website. Uh, I'm also on Facebook and I'm on Twitter. Uh, my Twitter handle is FriedmanMJ. So uh, I'm fairly active on Facebook, and uh, you know I welcome I welcome, uh, I welcome the uh, the interaction. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for sitting out and chatting with us again. Anything else you want to say before we wrap up? Um, well, I don't know. No, I think I think uh, I think um, that's a good place to wrap. I would. I, I'll tell you what I would do. I would I would encourage people to support uh, independent publishing in all its forms because I think, as I said, I'm a little worried about that that reader-writer relationship, and and I think that's something worth preserving. Absolutely. Okay. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, you're welcome.
right, well, we hope you enjoyed our interview with Michael Jan Friedman from Farpoint. If you get a chance, visit that convention. And by all means, check out Michael Jan Friedman's books. This guy is a phenomenal author and a great writer and all around a really good guy. Yep. Please do not forget, next episode is episode 300. Uh, you can uh, share your thoughts about the movie, The 300, by writing into the Sci-Fi Diner podcast at gmail.com. You can write an email, send an audio clip, and that's fine. Also, hit us on Twitter, Sci-Fi Diner. Uh, Sci-Fi Diner, I think, on, uh, or might be Sci-Fi Diner podcast on Twitter. And then um, also, you can obviously post that on our Facebook page, and we would love to hear from you. Also, any thoughts you have about any of your favorite moments of the, of the diner over the past nine years, you can share those as well. Um, Miles, is there anything else that we are missing here before we sign out for tonight? We're missing M, but... Uh, we are definitely missing M. Yes, but she should be with us next time. Yeah. Uh, I just saw a picture of, like, Michael Jan Freeman in his 20s. Oh, wow. <laughs> it was a bit weird. I'm going to be honest. A bit weird. Sorry, Mike. <laughs> uh, but, uh, um, all right. Well, uh, thank you so much for listening tonight. We love you guys out there listening to us. We're so glad that you tuned in. We hope you enjoyed the show. We'll be back two weeks from today reviewing the 300 and our 300th episode. All right, till next time, good night and good luck. We will see ya. Doing